Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This show is supported by generous listeners like you through our Patreon. This episode was underwritten by the Tamsin G Association. To learn more about ways to support Oh My Dollar and get cool perks like cat stickers and a fancy special icon on our forums, you can visit ohmydollar.com slash support. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here, we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Carebake. Have you been confused about 529s? I know we've talked about them plenty of times on this show, but I know it's just another gobbledygook letters and numbers out there, and we've kind of vaguely alluded to them. And we've also kind of talked about how they vary a lot by state, what they look like. So to help us demystify it, today's guest is Abby Chow. Abby is the co-founder and COO of College Backer, an online service that makes saving for college simple, smart, social, and most importantly, accessible to everyone. CollegeBacker has designed a service to help parents open a tax-advantaged 529 college savings plan with no minimum. Parents can help and can then invite family and friends to contribute. Abby has helped thousands of families save and pay for college. Her modern tech-forward approach helps the next generation of millennial parents use the right financial and social tools to save for college better together. Oh, Abby, I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for inviting me today. I'm so ready to talk about 529s. I have such a long list of questions for you. Uh, I hope that you can just help kind of demystify what is yet another mythical account with random numbers for a name to keep track of out there. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've talked about 529s before on this show, but I think a lot of people still don't understand what it is. What is a 529? So if you are one of those people who does not know what a 529 is, you should not feel alone or intimidated at all because 70% of parents have no idea what it is. Um, and so I'm really glad we'll have this opportunity to talk a little bit about it. Basically, it is this tax-advantaged way to save for college. Um, you can think of it almost like a retirement account in that um, you're investing the money and it actually grows tax-free um, for a 529. And then when you make withdrawals, those withdrawals are tax-free as well. So it's almost like a Roth IRA, but for college. So let's imagine that you save a lot in a 529, Nick. You start this the second your kid was born and you manage to invest it well. Is it going to end up affecting financial aid that your kid gets? So this is a great question and often a huge source of stress and confusion uh, for families because you might be thinking, oh, you know, I want to save for college, but I also want to maximize my financial aid. And I'm afraid that if I save, maybe that's going to impact my financial aid. 
Um, actually, a 529 is one of the best ways to save for college that minimizes impact to financial aid. And here's why. Mm. Um, when you save any money for college, it, does, it could have some impact on financial aid, but oftentimes the other tools that you're thinking about are going to have an even greater impact. So if you are saving in a savings account for your child, if you are saving your own um, in your own retirement account, for example, and you're planning to take out that money in order to pay for college, that could impact the financial aid by changing your um, expected family contribution or the amount the, the college expects you to pay. It could change that amount by up to 20 or even 50% in some cases. But with a 529, it's only going to affect that amount by up to 5.64%. So 5% compared to 20 or even 50% is a huge difference. And a 529 is a much better way to save for college that minimizes the impact of financial aid. So that makes a lot of sense because I was hearing you talk about a 529 plan and I'm thinking, well, that sounds almost exactly like a Roth IRA, which you can take out for educational expenses, uh, you know, with without paying a penalty. Um, and they're post-tax just like a 529. So, but it sounds like a 529 is treated a little more kindly by the FAFSA and the CSS profile and the other kind of financial aid navigation. Exactly. And I won't go into all of the specifics on it, but Essentially, when you take the money out of that retirement account and give it to the child, it can be counted as something like income or a gift to the child all in one big chunk. And that looks really bad for financial aid the following year, whereas the 529 is just at that lower rate of around 5%. And, you know, it's not going to, you're not going to be surprised when you get your financial aid package. That is good. So if you if you have a 529, um, and you set one up. Can you set one up? You have to set it up for a specific child. Can you set it up for someone that isn't your own child? Like if you're in a second parent adoption um, or you have a blended family, can you still set up a 529 for a child? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, I could set up a 529 for you if I had uh, all of your information. Which I'll take it. I probably don't. <laughs> um, but you can set up a 529 for anybody else. Um, and so it could be your child, it could be a niece or a nephew, it could be a friend. Um, so there are a lot of different options there. And does it reduce, when you have a 529, does it reduce your o- overall taxable income? So if you're, if you're someone that's trying to reduce your taxable income, like, you know, through and you've maxed out your 401k and your traditional IRA, would you also be able to set up a 29 and reduce your taxable income? Or is it just kind of like a different savings account? The only... Generally, the answer for most people is it's not going to have a significant impact because, again, the 529 is a post-tax vehicle, Mm -hmm. which means um, you're saving on taxes Mm -hmm. from the growth of the assets, but um, your contribution is not immediately tax deductible. However, in some states, you can take a state income tax deduction on it. Um, and you're just going to have to look at um, the particular rules of your state. Um, so, for example, for me, I live in California. Um, unfortunately, California doesn't give a state tax benefit, so there's no immediate impact from that. But I'm originally from Illinois, and Illinois does have that benefit. So I could take a state tax deduction, or my parents, for example, could take a state tax deduction um, in Illinois. Okay, cool. So that, that is one of those situations where it really is going to be up to the state. Is there, is there a limit on how much you can put in it since it is a, a post-tax? So the, the limits are pretty, um, pretty generous, I would say. There's actually an exception mm-hmm. 
for 529 where you can do something called super funding the account, which is five years of contributions in one year. So you can actually put fifteen thousand dollars, or excuse me, seventy-five thousand dollars into a five twenty-nine without impacting that gift tax exclusion. You just wouldn't be able to do that again um, for the next four years. Um, and even in that, so, so that would be good if you got a windfall or exactly. something like that, like a exactly. inheritance. And even if you did want to put in more than seventy-five thousand um, dollars, it would just impact your future, you know, estate planning. So you, you might want to talk to, to somebody about that specific scenario. Yeah, that's when you get involved. Lawyers yeah. get involved. <laughs> uh, so, but okay, so let's say I've set this up for a nephew or for an adopted kid. Uh, college isn't for everyone. Like, it's hard to predict 18 years out if your kid is going to go for higher education. What happens if your kid decides they don't want to go to college? Yeah, so another great benefit of the 529 is that it actually is quite flexible um, around these um, these kinds of decisions. So. Uh, generally, what we'd recommend is, first of all, if uh, if your child just isn't sure and, you know, they turn 18 and they're like, oh, I don't know if I if college is right for me yet, um, I want to go and work for a year, there's no time limit. So you could just leave the money in the 529 and maybe in the future, if your child does decide to go to college, then it's still available for them. It's not like it expires at any point. If your child knows for certain that they don't want to use that for higher education, um, they can also or excuse me, you could also transfer it to a different beneficiary in the family. So you could give it to the second sibling. You could transfer it back to yourself if you want to pursue some kind of higher education. You could change it to a cousin even. And so there are a lot of different options there. Um, however, if there is the case where you know your child doesn't want to use that money, nobody else in the family wants to use that money, and you really just you know want to take the money out to spend it on something else, buy a car, invest in some other, you know, uh, in something else that's important to you, uh, you can take the money out. The gains on the account will have a 10% penalty on taxes, but your original contribution will uh, not be taxed or penalized. Okay. So it sounds almost identical to a Roth IRA in many ways. Yes, very, very similar. Um, But the big benefit being the ability to transfer the beneficiary and do that pretty seamlessly. The other thing that I would say is even if traditional four-year college is not for your child, you might want to explore some of the other flexible options with a 529 because it can also be used for many, you know, community colleges, trade schools, um, graduate education as well. So the rule is just that it needs to be something that qualifies for federal financial student aid, um, and that includes a lot of different categories and even some schools internationally. Cool. Um, so like that, you know, that, that is true if your kid doesn't want to go to college or if they manage, if they happen to get a full ride scholarship, you know, like they got their cheerleading scholarship or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know if full rides really exist anymore, but (laughs) let's say they got that and, uh, you don't use the 529 you, and you take it out, you pay the penalty, uh, but if you want to like leave it around for them to maybe go to grad school or something, is it in your name or is it in the name of the beneficiary? So two things on that. One, to directly answer your question, you are the account owner, so you always have control of the account. Again, even if you know time passes and they're over 18 or 21, you always have control of the account. And then the child is named as the beneficiary. But, you know, you have the power to change that to another member of the family if you so choose. But I also want to make one clarifying point on the scholarship. Um, If your kid does get a full ride, 
you can actually take the amount of the scholarship out of a 529 without any penalties. So that's Whoa. another great benefit of the 529 that makes it really flexible because it is specifically designed for education. That being that said, is very cool. Yeah, it's a very cool benefit. Um, that being said, if your child does get a scholarship and say it's for you know full tuition, there's still a lot of other expenses that um, you know are college related that you can pay with your 529. So you can also use it for room and board, uh, books a computer. And so even if your child, you know, gets a full tuition scholarship, first off, hats off to them. <laughs> but also you can use that money for these other categories and, you know, take full advantage of the account. That's that's very cool and good to know. Um, I know in some states it's possible to use the 529 for high school. So if you've if you've got kids in in private school or you know some sort of magnet school, you can also use the 529 for higher ed. But that's not true everywhere, right? That's right. So this is a new development that you can actually use um, a 529 for K-12 tuition in some states. But that is something where I would encourage folks to check the rules in your state um, because it does vary from state to state. And you don't, if you did get, say, an income tax deduction from your state, you don't want to get penalized and have to pay that back because it wasn't allowed by your state in order to use it. Let's say, like, we're, we're sold. Like, we're like, yes, yes, I want to open up a 529. The the process for setting one up, like theoretically, like you want this money to grow, right? If you're setting it up when your kid is a toddler, you want it to actually have some gains, so it's better than just saving it under a mattress. Uh, what what's the process by which you kind of choose investments? Do you just do what's called like a a life cycle fund based on the age of the kid? Yeah, so um, I'll say what we recommend at College Backer, and then you know give some tips for folks who want to do their own research. Um, but basically you're going to want to uh, choose the right 529 plan for you, which might be the one provided by your state. It might be a different 529 plan. Then you'll choose um, an investment portfolio that makes sense for your kid. And those are basically the two big decisions that you have to make with a, a 529. Um, at College Backer, what we recommend for a lot of folks is we um, are going to recommend a state-based plan that has really low fees and has a great, you know, reputation and history and track record. Um, and then within that, we're going to recommend it, an age-adjusting portfolio so that you, know, you don't have to stress about it. But at, when your child is very young, it's a little bit more aggressive. So the, the assets are hopefully going to grow. And when your child is older, it's a little bit more conservative so that you know the money is there when you're going to need it. Um, if you do want to use College Backer, you know, one of the big reasons we started the company was to simplify the whole process, so we tried to make it easy. But if you do want to do your own research, those are kind of the two big questions that um, I would recommend doing some research on is one, which 529 plan is going to be the right one for me? Is it my state or is there another one? You could consider fees and tax deductions and, and those kinds of questions. And then two is what's the right investment option? The biggest um, question there being what's going to be appropriate for my risk appetite? Like is my child young or old? Um, and also what are the fees that are going to be associated with that? Too? Cool. So, the, I mean, in many ways, a 529 kind of sounds like the middle class ability to have a trust fund for your kid, <laughs> for education specifically. Yeah, to be honest, um, what, again, uh, this was a huge motivating factor for us at College Backer. Um, 529s really were built for the middle class or originally designed for the middle class because everybody 
uh, who wants to go to college or whose child wants to go to college should be considering a 529 is a great, great way to get a leg up um, as you're along that journey. Unfortunately, because it has this great catchy name of 529, (laughs) um, it's it's very difficult for a lot of people to get into it because it's a confusing space. Um, But if you are saving for college, most, um, most folks would agree that this is a fantastic vehicle to do that. There's a huge benefit from, you know, the compounding tax-free growth in these accounts. Well, and there's a lot of states that have uh, 529 matches as well that you can get on your taxes or the state will actually deposit it in it as well. So, uh, you know, it varies state by state on what they look like and even year to year on the individual states. Uh, But 529s are just so cool. Why do you think more people don't use them? I do think a huge piece of it is just the complexity of the space. You know, state by state dynamic gets folks confused. Um, the, the fact of the matter is that most of us don't find it really fun to look at different, you know, portfolio options <laughs> and things like that. Um, but I would also say that it's just scary for, for a lot of us. You know, it feels stressful. It feels like something that you have to figure out on your own. You know, maybe you feel embarrassed to ask other parents because you're like, oh, I feel like other parents probably have this all figured out. But the truth is that most parents don't have it all figured out. Um, and if you can find a smooth um, and easy way to get into it, it's, it has the potential to be life-changing, you know, for your child. Imagine being able to put your child through school and have them graduate debt-free or at least with a manageable amount of debt, how, how incredibly empowering that is. Um, and especially another fun fact about 529s is that anybody can contribute to anybody's 529. And so if you're um, receiving gifts, from other people into your child's 529, when your child is walking across that graduation stage, um, it can be incredibly powerful for them to know that there were a dozen people who believed in them along the way and supported them along the way. So, um, you know, we're really trying to change the conversation around 529 um, and bring them them out as these really inspirational um, and incredibly empowering opportunities to to show your support for your child. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely great to to think that uh, instead of getting loud, annoying toys that make noises, you could ask for a contribution to the 529 plan for your kid instead. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially for the emerging generation of parents, I think. You know, we're all sick and tired of all of the extra gifts that are cluttering up the closet. We care more about experiences. We so often you know, have dealt with student loans on our own and we're like, oh my God, I can't even pay off my student loans. Um, how am I going to help my child? Um, mm-hmm. And that just makes college savings such an incredibly meaningful gift, um, especially for, for our generation. Yep. All right. This is something I ask every guest. It doesn't always make the final cut, but what are your personal best and worst decisions you've made with money? <laughs> um, great question. I would say... The best personal decision that I ever made was, um, you know, I was a super nerdy kid growing up. Uh, I fell in love with personal finance as a teenager, and I opened my Roth IRA probably when I was, you know, in eighth or ninth grade or something. I was putting, like, babysitting money in there because I just thought it was really cool. Um, and so that was a great personal decision. The worst... Such a nerd. <laughs> 
yeah, exactly. But now, you know, hopefully other folks can benefit from my nerdiness and be able to save better for their kids' college. Um, the worst financial decision I ever made was I once um, allowed myself to get peer pressured into taking a vacation with my friend. Um, and while the vacation was fantastic, uh, the bill was probably an order of magnitude above what I would have personally chosen. And so I definitely felt the pain for that one for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oof. Oof, that peer pressure to make the, the good pictures on Instagram, you know? It's exactly. <laughs> Well, Abby, it's been a delight having you on. I think we're we'll all going to have better information about 529s. I hope that maybe the government at some point rebrands it into like a cool name that actually says what it's for. But <laughs> for now, people can feel like they have secret knowledge. Absolutely. <laughs> with the 529. If people want to find out about College Backer, where can they go? Yeah, so I would uh, encourage everyone to check out collegebacker.com slash OMB um, because we want to give all of the listeners an extra gift. If you are able to get started saving for college and start a college fund, um, we'll match the first $10 that you put into the college fund. So go to collegebacker.com slash OMB. If you set up a college fund and make a contribution of at least $10, we'll double that with another $10 gift from College Backer. Uh, that's awesome. So College Backer can also invest in your kid's education. Double your money. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it's only the beginning. Hopefully you're um, sharing that with friends and family and they'll be giving a lot more than $10 at the next birthday party or, or Christmas. Uh, that is such a delight. Thank you so much for joining us today, Abby. I think that our listeners will get a lot out of this. All right, that wraps our show for today. We love hearing from you. Email us your financial worries, your 529 successes at questions at ohmydollar.com or tweet us at Anomalily or at ohmydollar. Our producer is Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki and your host and personal finance educator is me, Lillian Kerbake. Thanks for listening. And till next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you.